Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, on which I today have Rahul, Rahul Chuhan. He is the Group Managing Director at Foresight Digital, an agency, and I'm grateful that he is sacrificing a small part of his Friday night, because we record this on a Friday night for you, Rahul, to be on the podcast. Very welcome. Could you introduce yourself? Absolutely. Thank you so much for um, giving me this opportunity. So I'm the Group Managing Director at an organization called Foresight Digital. We effectively sit at the intersection of what would be a management consultancy and a digital agency where we are responsible not only for building digital strategy and digital marketing strategy at that, but also executing it. And I think the third thing that we do quite well is um, increase capability within our clients. So we also in-house expertise as well. That's one of the things that uh, are mandated typically for B2B organizations. Any particular industries? Yes, certainly. So the B2B organizations that that we usually over indexing include SaaS, MedTech, um, uh, you know, health tech, um, insurance, uh, retail, e-commerce, and often technology platforms that sit on top of others. So we're really looking at software. Cool. So one of the things that we're going to talk about today has to do with that um, particular industry, the scale, the scale ups um, in SaaS. Uh, so software as a service companies that that are scaling up are growing from that startup phase towards their maturity. Um, one of the things that that I often see misjudged and and not being very clear is the customer lifetime value aspect. Could you explain what customer lifetime value actually means? What what does it? Why why is it? And why is it important to to have a customer lifetime value somewhere somehow? Um, formulate it? Certainly. Um, okay, so there's there's a couple of things to that question. What does customer lifetime value mean to me or mean to us as an organization? What does customer lifetime value mean? Um, for us as an organization, customer lifetime value, particularly with our clients, it, it's, a, it's the key tenant or it's the key arbiter of growth. Uh, effectively, the ability to understand which of one organization's, which of one organization's customers um, are loyal, uh, continue to purchase and how long they purchase for and at what value they purchase for um, is incredibly important. It's one of the key ways that we measure the success of any organization's potential. But of course, there is a there is a mathematical formula. Now, typically that's you know, customer lifetime value, I think we all know, is, is effectively customer value multiplied by the average customer lifespan at its very simplest. But we believe that that breaks down into a range of different things because, of course, you not only have um, customer lifetime value measured in that sense, but also you're looking at, you know, other formulas that feed into that, including uh, average purchase value, so the total revenue over the total amount of purchases or orders, um, or the frequency rate, which is typically the APFR, so the total amount of purchases over the amount of customers. So customer lifetime value for us is really the key tenant of, of, of growth. It, it, it underpins every conversation that we have with mm-hmm. our B2B client suite. 
So what, what, what amazes me, Rahul, when I talk to customers, marketers that work at scale-ups, at SaaS companies, um, mm. I typically find that a lot of them don't have a clear vision or view on the CLV, the customer lifetime value. Um, I, it's just something they have not clear. They didn't even identify. Um, is that something you recognize? Look, it is. It's such a great, great question. I, I, so I, let, let, let's perhaps take a step back from that. If you think about, if you, if you think about a, a, a scale up, what is it? You know, effectively, it's after you've defined your core value proposition and your addressable market. What are the things that you're doing? Um, you know, you're turning, you're turning your funds into actual growth. You're structuring mm-hmm. your marketing and sales. You're hiring. You're meeting targets. And you're starting to structure your marketing, and 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 certainly I, I say that last, but it's the most important thing. You're starting to structure your marketing, and what is marketing if not understanding whom you are marketing to? Who is the most important set of um, customers that will ensure your success? And often, what ends up happening, and you quite rightly um, noted that last, is that um, people don't understand not only whom they're marketing to, but what are the different triggers that that they need to look out for that will differentiate the right person versus the wrong person? And we tend to have this conversation with a number of our clients where, you know, it's, it's any customer is a good customer, but that's not what we believe. For us, it's about the right customer who engages with your brand over the long term is the right customer for your growth. And in many ways, that is a practical way to think about customer lifetime value. Who are the suite, the set, the segment of audiences or customers or people out there that will stay with you for the longest possible time that you can find for the least possible effort? Effort being time in terms of your resource or effort being investment in terms of your capital. Mm-hmm. So I, I would almost go as far as to say that if you don't know a CLV or a customer lifetime value, you, you shouldn't spend or start spending on marketing at all. Is, is that Absolutely. something? Yeah. So, so, so. No, no, no. Look, that's a controversial point, but I don't disagree. I, I think that, look, customer lifetime value is an evolving concept. You know, we, we, we've had clients that are as large as Salesforce, and we have clients that have, you know, uh, you know, an average annual recurring revenue of, of you know around five million to fifteen million dollars with about twenty people, and mm-hmm. both of those organisations don't always understand their customer lifetime value. They have no idea about who is the right customer because, of course, it's an organic thing. It it might be a mathematical equation, but the manner in which customers engage with your brand changes over time. There may be particular channels or media. Uh, consumption habits that they have, which change their ability to continue to engage with you. So I'll give you a really easy example for that. Um, you know, you may have a customer who is quite used to purchasing with you um, on, on online, on desktop, three times a year. And all of a sudden, that particular customer starts to be attracted by, let's say, a social media application. So now they're on social. They're spending a lot more of their time on social away from desktop, but a lot more of their time on social. And so accordingly, what ends up happening is the interaction that they have with you, which was say three times a year on desktop, 
you have a higher propensity to be able to engage this particular customer at a higher frequency on this particular channel. Let's call it social media channel. And so what ends up happening is your understanding of what you thought was a customer lifetime value, three times a year at 20 bucks, so this person is, say, $60, all of a sudden has the potential to be six times a year at $20. So this person has gone to $120. And so the medium that you're using, you're leveraging more of than the medium you were using. So I think customer lifetime value is something that you continue to understand going back to your question versus anything else. So it's often a case of test and learn, but you need to be fairly confident that you understand who your customer is before you can understand how long your customer stays. Absolutely. So um, you're bringing some some channels in there, let's say social media. And I think that also leads to 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 basically what I've I've seen a lot in in B2B and subscription-based companies. They're your SaaS, but there also could also be newspapers or, or whatever, or magazines or any subscription model. Um, typically not only marketing, but also sales has a very short-term focus that does not uh, take the customer lifetime value into account in their strategy. So salespeople are typically, let's say, very target-driven. So they, they just need to, to win new customers. You know, it doesn't doesn't matter where they come from. It doesn't matter if they um, stay long customers. And that's, I think, one of the underlying issues there is also that um, we're not we're focusing too much on getting new customer, like any customer, versus um, taking care of customers and and maximize their value for the company. Oh, oh, oh it's such a wonderful point. Um, you know, it may. We always say this, right? It might it'll it'll cost you the earth to find a customer, but you'll lose the earth when you lose a customer. So here's what I mean. Here's what we mean by that. Of course, you know you you may have a CPA, so cost of cost uh, a cost per acquisition of say a hundred dollars. So once you have that particular customer on your database, how are you nurturing them? So you've spent all this time, all this effort, all of these test and learn methodologies, whatever it might be, to get this customer. Okay, fine. So this customer is now converted. It is so much easier to keep a customer than it is to find a customer and so much cheaper, in fact. And oftentimes, some of the questions that we get asked about that is, well, how do I define a good customer? Um, how do I engage with that customer? And what, what are the things that, that this customer needs that we are not aware of? So let's start with that. So how do I define a good customer? Well, typically, the definition of a good customer can be a customer who purchases um, a product from you, which is as close as possible to the maximum possible price. So the price elasticity is fairly tight. You know, uh, you know, they're they're not they're not bargain hunters. So all of a sudden, you already have an indicator. If somebody's paying close to full price, they're probably going to be a good customer. Okay, great. Then it's you know how how often do I engage with this customer? Well, typically the rule of thumb is. Engage as often as you like, as long as the the transaction or the or the or the value exchange is 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 that it's valuable. Don't ask, give. And I think a lot of B two B organizations, a lot of our clients, historically had had an issue with that. It's ask, ask, ask. They've purchased. Let's get them to purchase again. And 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 typically that's not a model that helps to sustain 
a customer lifetime value or in fact a customer. It leads to attrition. It doesn't lead to retention. So where you have a customer convert, think about what are the different things that you can add value from information, education, entertainment across those three pillars to your customer because and then engage with them on that content. On the fourth occasion, sure, think about cross-sell and upsell. But on the first three, think about those points. Mm-hmm. That's that. And then finally, I think what's what's incredibly important is you know, what, what we believe is how are you in a situation where if you have a customer, how do you how do you keep that customer over the, the long term? And and part of that, I think, and it leads into that second point, is keeping a customer over the long term because you've already spent so much time and effort uh, purchasing them or acquiring them. It really requires um, brand. So what does your brand stand for? B2B organizations scale up. Typically, the brand is a reflection of the founder. And the founder is the one who, or the, or, you know, the founders, they're the ones who institute a cultural value. And so how is the exchange, the value that you're creating, the intangible value that you're creating towards your customer, how is your brand something that they can be proud of being associated with that gives them some type of currency to be associated with? And that's a bit harder to crack. But if you could at least start at the first two, at a practical level, then you know you're you're a long way ahead of many of the clients that we we see and and and, and your compatriots. Cool, cool. Yeah, that it it reminds me a little of um, uh, an experience that I had recently with um, a subscription to to a newspaper. Um, yeah. Like a lot of other subscribers of newspapers, I I typically am a little annoyed by all the let's say, a new customer offers that newspapers have, right? So if you're an existing customer, you're paying a full 100%. And if you're a new customer, all the new customers get like discounts up to 90% on on newspapers. Um, So what a lot of subscribers do is they automatically cancel the subscription once they sign up. It's at least what I do. It's like you sign up and you cancel so that at the end, you'll get a renewal offer. So Um, true. And in fact, so true across not only newspapers, but we think about Net, think about a streaming service. There's a multitude, plethora of them out there. And I myself do the same thing. You know, like I'll go for the best bargain. I'll find it. I'll use that for 13, 14 days. I'll stop. I'll create a new email address and off you go again. And we're not unique in doing that. People hunt bargains because they're not getting value. Their, their, their definition of value is price. It's not, it's not, value in the sense of, as I said, education, entertainment, um, you know, brand association, any of those things, because they're thinking, well, hold on a minute. The guy that has not been faithful to the brand has not converted. They're getting a better price than I am. Why should I stay? Absolutely. And um, the, the example that I can give here is that the channel matters so much because I <clears throat> subscribe to, to multiple newspapers, one of them being the Washington Post. So if you're a subscriber to the Washington Post, to, uh, the, the online version, that's like that's like $100 a year. You'll, you'll get an introductory yeah. offer for $40. Um, at the, so so um, at the halfway the, the year, I cancel the subscription and I'll, I'll get an automated email. 
saying right. we're sorry to see you leave. We we would like to know why you're leaving. So I I go to the website and there's like a couple of options. One of them being it's too expensive. The automated process didn't say anything about why it's important to have a newspaper, what what they're doing, what they're using the money for, for journalism, etc. So they, it was just a price-based thing. So um, I, I let people typically guess, but how much do you think the next page offered me? Did, uh, how much discount do you think they offered me on the $100 subscription? 50%. 90%. So I get a renewal for 10, <laughs> 10 bucks a year. So all listeners, you know, sign up for Washington Post, st- stop that subscription, and then you'll get a renewal offer for 10 bucks instead of 100 bucks, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Life right? so Hashtag life hack. That's stupid. So <laughs> the other experience I had in the same week was, was a Dutch newspaper that I yeah. had canceled my, my paper subscription to. I have like a six days a week paper subscription to them and it's 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 way more expensive it's like 40 bucks a month or something um so i canceled their subscription and they give me a call and they talk to me and they actually say yeah um elias you know we we know you you have been a subscriber with us for years you have renewed six times already at the lowest rate we can see that um do you think journalism is is important Uh, yeah and so they start doing the dialogue and, I, and and then they say, yeah, well, we've done a, a, an investigation online, a calculation, and, you know, we're making a loss on you if we renew you at the disc- discount. So we can renew you at 25% discount, but we cannot renew you at the lowest discount possible. So I accepted yeah. the, the last offer, but, the, you know, just to what you're saying is just oh. explain what the brand does, explain oh. what they do. And this is what telemarketing can do, right? So you don't have well, to do it all online. Thing. Okay, so this is a really interesting point. This is a really great point. All right, let's, let's unpack that for a second. So they've effective, I mean, it, it's an emotional, uh, well, it's an emotional uh, ploy to convert you based on not the value of the content that you read, but the value of the content to society. Do you think journalism is important? Not to you, but to society. I think that's really interesting, mm-hmm. the, the fact that they position on that. that that's great. But also, what what I thought was 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 interesting is, okay. So if you have a, a and I'm not sure this organization, let's not name them, but 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 this particular organization, they have the ability to to to, to call you um, and, and and deploy a call center or whatever it might be, telemarketing, as you said, to do that. But is that scalable? Is is could could that be something that um, that an Amazon could do? And if they couldn't, okay, let's say they couldn't. What would be a way for you or, uh, or, well, I say Amazon, but, of course, I mean Washington Post because mm-hmm. it's owned by the same multi-billionaire. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> could, could, what could they do to get you to pay a higher price but not 90% off? What, what, would, what would you have bid at? What would you have bidden at? Well, the, the, I think one of the things that is very important with a brand like Washington Post is that they are yep. uh, they are offering quality journalism and they have yeah. great examples it's not only in the trump era but they you, you know during watergate we know all of these stories from the washington post right so they should have i think they they should have online they could have done that online shown let's say what has the washington post accomplished over the years what do we yeah. realize with the money that you spent 
on your subscription. I think that would 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 have been something that I would have bitten on. No, I love that. I love that. You you're absolutely right because again it goes back to the we not the me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I think if I recall correctly, Washington Post tagline is democracy dies in darkness. Yep. Um, and I really like that. I really like that. And you're absolutely right. Um, I think you and I are very similar people. I um, I was hooked on the Washington Post during the Trump era because it was one of the only newspapers, including the New York Times, that didn't buy into the madness that mm-hmm. was that situation and, in fact, ex- you know, exposed everything for what was happening and what and and you know and 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 the lies that that particular administration were pushing and you know I'm not advocating one or the other but what I think is interesting is that um you know it it, it served society in its way and 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 I think by 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 relaying back that um the thrust of what it did um it gets you to move away from price and move towards value and I think yep. that's exactly what the Dutch newspaper must have done for yourself as well. And what's interesting is I think that's what a lot of B2B marketers forget, uh, B2B organisation scale-ups. They think if I offer it at the cheapest, then that's great. I can just scale and it's a game of, you know, it's it, it's about volume. Um, but, but, but actually the problem with that is that someone will come out and be cheaper than you and they'll be the same as you. So why should a customer stay with you? Why should their lifetime value increase with you? Um, and that does come back to what do you stand for? What are your values? What is your brand? And, you know, how do you really contribute to the the, the, the lives of your customers? Absolutely. And and one of the, the things that I'm I'm intrigued about with, with the Washington Post example, because, yeah. you know, they, they didn't have to offer me 90% discount. So, so no. why did they do that? The only thing that I maybe maybe we are similar, but um, I I just hate to be treated worse as an existing customer compared to like like say a newbie that just has a one year subscription. I yeah, yeah, I yeah. tell yeah. I tell you know I told the newspaper in the Netherlands I said I will sign a ten year contract with you. I don't care. Yeah. You know I I want to be a long customer, a long time customer. I'll sign a ten year yeah. contract. No no you know I don't I don't care, but I don't. I hate to be treated worse than those people that are never going to be a, a long-time customer. Um, so offer me something of value um, that will, will let's say, at least give me that feeling that I belong to the, to, to the company, that I support the brand, that I know what, what my money is doing, et cetera. So you I, know, I, Elias, that is beautifully said, because I think it, it, it synthesized down to two words that any of our listeners can understand, which is, Reward loyalty. Absolutely. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. The customers that have stayed with you, that have bought with you, that were that you acquired, that have engaged with you, that are that are intrigued by you, reward loyalty. And that doesn't mean drop the price, it means reward. Reward can be, as we said. It can be an exchange of value, of entertainment, of education, of interest, of, um, you know, providing social currency, whatever it might be. Just reward someone for their loyalty because our attention is the most important thing that we have for, 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 you know, to an organization. Lose my attention, lose me. Cool. So 
that's a nice end of the podcast, Rahul. Thank you for uh, spending the time with me. I hope the listeners enjoyed it. I will share a link to your LinkedIn profile as well as a link to the website at Foresight, of course. Um, And, uh, you know, I hope to have you back in in the future. And uh, well, for this, for now, I'm going to wish you a happy weekend. Thank you, Les. And you too. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.